0: Well, hello, Super Awesomes. We are bringing you this week a bonus selection. Laura and I just released episode 92, talking about our 10 favorite documentaries that you should watch right now. But each of us had a few that we just couldn't even cram onto that list. And so to give you a little something extra to enjoy from us, we wanted to give you a list of bonus documentaries to check out. Laura, I know you have quite a few. That did not make it onto your list for this
1: episode. So let's hear what you got. I honestly could talk about this subject all day. I had so many docs that I could
0: could have talked about. It was a little heartbreaking to narrow it down to just five. I can only imagine. It was hard.
1: Kind of. Mainly because it wasn't. Because I ended up covering the types of topics that I want to be talking about right now. So, you know, like that was important to me to share certain things. But... It was hard because there's just so many good docs out there. I asked on face my personal Facebook page, I asked people what their favorite documentary was. This is when I was kind of prepping for the show and I just wanted to like sort of see if it would jog my memory of ones I have watched over the years. And you know what people... I got a lot of really, really, really great responses, but people who had watched a lot of docs and are in the know, if you will, many of them listed Spellbound as like being in their top few. Have you seen Spellbound?
0: No, I haven't. Oh my gosh,
1: it's so good. I'd forgotten about it because it came out in 2002, so. Oh, it's old. It's old. I mean, and by old, still. I mean, relatively speaking. (laughs) Relatively. Um, It is so good. Now, it's been a long time since I've watched it, so I I can't even give like details, except I will say, it is technically about the um big like national United States national spelling bee. Okay. Like the kid like kids spelling bee. It is about so much more than that. And it is so good. It is belly laugh funny. You like I remember the first time I stumbled upon it I was like I don't even understand what I'm watching. Like cuz at first I was like am I watching a spelling bee and then I was like no this is so much better than a spelling bee. Right? It's so good. I mean it is like I said, people listed in their, you know, top, 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 top um, documentaries. So Spellbound, 2002. Okay, that's good. And then another one that got mentioned that I made me giggle because of you is Okie Noodling. Have you watched Okie Noodling? Oh, gosh. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Now, I have not watched the full documentary on it, but I don't need to.
1: Because I... <laughs> you know those people. Because...
0: I know those people. I literally do. Oh, my gosh. You
1: guys, Okie Noodling, which is on Netflix, I checked. It came out in 2001, so it is old as well. And it's under an hour. It's like 56 minutes. Um, The reason Megan and I are, like, laugh cringing is because this is a thing that happens in Oklahoma. This is, like, a real thing. There's a festival, a noodling festival. Yep. And... The dock is called oaky Noodling, but basically it's a way of fishing. I mean, it's not really for fishing. Catfish. For catfish. But I mean, it's, I don't, it's, it's the definition of fishing. I don't know. It's a way of capturing catfish. <laughs> we'll say Yes. Best. Yes. Catching catfish. Yeah. Which is, which is that you, well, should I even tell them? Should it be a surprise or should we say what it is? So you're going to have to say a little okay. bit about it. Basically... <laughs> You go. You're free diving, if you will. So you're in um, the lake. Usually, you usually not in your swimming suit. Like maybe you're just in your cutoffs. And yes, you, that's right. And you go into their holes. Catfish dig holes and live in holes, kind of like in the mud. Yeah. Um. In you know under the well, obviously they're <laughs> under the water. <laughs> Yep, yep. down in the lake. Down in the lake, they kind of burrow into these holes. And catfish are big; can get very big. Anyway, what you do is, is you go after the catfish by going into their holes, and by that I mean with your arm. With your
0: arm, <laughs> you literally plunge your arm into the
1: catfish to into his mouth, noodle it into yeah, his mouth, to noodle it right up out of his out of his little home there, and then you yeah. you noodle him out. So, so it's, catfish are, are violent. Like it, this documentary yes. is crazy, but it's, yeah. it's a must watch. Oh Lord, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating. It's, it, I, I'm a little squeamish about it, but it, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's a slice yeah. of culture. Yeah. Um, so one that actually profoundly kind of changed my life I realize that sounds like it's setting up something really massive, but um, there was a 2008 documentary that was on Netflix for a long time. I don't think it is anymore. It's called Food Matters. And I watched this after I watched Food Inc., which deals with the food production um, side of what we eat. But Food Matters, uh, it's a film by James Colquhoun and Carlo Ledesma. And they look at this idea of essentially that you can heal your body with food and nutrition. And they look at what this looks like in all different aspects of life, whether you're your um, different approaches to treating cancer, to dental health and hygiene, um, nutritional therapy, um, dealing with depression and anxiety, using um, essentially what they would, they would highly recommend, food, but then if you can't get it in your diet, using supplements. And this was really a turning point documentary for Kyle and I, we watched it several times and sometimes people will ask me like how did you get into you know like your all of your weirdo crunchy natural healing ideas and this was the documentary that kind of put us on that path now it, they definitely show the extremes of it. So you may be watching it and be like, this is a bunch of bunk. And probably some of it is. But there are some really good um, threads and really good um, just ideas to pursue in terms of health and healing that come from food and nutrition. So that's Food Matters. Again, it used to be on Netflix. I'm not even sure where you can find it now. But
1: if you do ever come across it, it's a good one to check out. Food ones are hard for me. I, it's not that I don't appreciate the absolute vital importance of them. And and I often want the information, but it's really hard for me to watch. It's like a, yeah. I don't know why. I'm I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. I just am like I cannot watch this. It is – give me some well, <laughs> give gets- me some murder. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, yes, serve
0: me up some murder. <laughs> some of the food stuff I feel like can tip you over into paranoia a little bit about. You know, like what you're eating and how it's impacting you and stuff. But well, this and is a good one. and
1: also, I mean, this is a side tangent. But as we have talked about on my anxiety show, um, my I have two big triggers for my anxiety, and one is um, lack of sleep, and and the second one is food. Yeah. yeah. So, which is a, I think sensory mostly, but mm. so if I, it's mostly sensory, meaning what I put into my mouth really matters, but it does extend to like watching it as well. I don't know. That's like a whole side thing. But food documentaries, and I know that there there have been some of the most important documentaries made in the last several years are often about food or the food industry. I just, I cannot do those. Okay. Well, everyone except Laura. <laughs> See if you can check this out. Please go check it out and be thinking of my anxiety seizure. <laughs> just kidding. Don't do that. Um, okay. I can watch Murder, though. And a documentary that is also one of the ones that true crime people will tell you you have to watch blah 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 it's not my favorite as expressed my favorite is the staircase but this one is a must watch if you like true crime i i'm giving all these disclaimers because i do not i think there's a it, an enormous bias to it and I do not necessarily agree with all of its conclusions. I definitely don't. But it is important in this genre. So it's called Paradise Lost. Okay. came out in 1996 and then it had two follow-ups. I think there's three of them total but the the main one is the first one. Paradise Lost. And it's about um, uh, a, a group of three teenagers who were accused of murdering a little boy in... West Memphis, Tennessee, or West Memphis, Arkansas? It's Arkansas, I think. Sorry. And the these became known as the West Memphis Three, and like celebrities took on their cause because they claimed that they were accused because they like listened to Metallica and dressed like goths, and they were kind of like those '90s kids that everyone sort of knew, and that that's why they were accused. Now. It's possible that, that that was I mean not possible. It's that was definitely a reason that law enforcement gave them some side eye, but also let's not forget that one of them also confessed. <laughs> now, right. now he um was very very mentally challenged. And I I can see now that um uh confession coercion is an absolute real thing. When mm-hmm. I watched it, this stock, which was 15 years ago or more, I, I did not think confession coercion was a real thing, and so um, I was very, very, very skeptical that he falsely confessed. Okay, I might feel differently about it now. And in fact, there's been some DNA that came out that could maybe exonerates them, maybe not. Just depends on this. It's this is a complicated true crime thing, and people have all kinds of really deep held opinions about the West Memphis Three. But as far as documentaries go, it's very interesting and and the murder is graphic and it is a child. They don't show it, of course, but uh, they speak about it. So I will give some warning there. But it's an interesting case. If you're into true crime and you haven't watched that, and then watched its follow up because they do follow ups as the as the trials go on and and um, now Damien Eccles, the main perpetrator or accused perpetrator here has uh, is out of jail so like there's a lot a lot a lot of follow-up but i i want to mention it because it's hard to talk about true crime docs and not mention paradise lost 1996.
0: Sure. absolutely yeah uh, another one that didn't make my list um is called waiting for superman and it's a 2010 documentary from davis guggenheim which examines the american public education system I haven't watched it in a few years. That's why I didn't put it on my main list because I probably need a refresher of it. But I remember it being extraordinarily powerful and also um, depressing in a lot of ways. really looks at some of the stickier subjects within American public education, ideas like teacher tenure and teacher unions, how those um, impact the kind of education that students receive. They look a lot at charter schools, which when I watched it back then, I did not have a child in a charter school, and now I do. And so it kind of draws out some of the tricky issues that are that go on with funding, and you really get to know families who are trying to go through the system and go through this lottery of being drawn for this charter school. It's very powerful, and it's very thought-provoking, whether or not you have students currently in the public education system in America. I think it's a super powerful, important documentary. Again, it was made in 2010, so there are things that have changed, and there may be changes on the horizon for public education. But just to kind of get an overview of why (laughs) there is no easy, simple solution for a lot of these chronic issues in our education system, It's it's almost like a really good primer, but also hits you in in an emotional way because you follow these families as they're going through these various um, processes to see where their kids are going to end up going to school. So Waiting for Superman 2010 film, um, highly recommend it.
1: One that I could talk about all day, but just didn't end up making a top five for various reasons is, is airing now, well, you know, it's current. It was Leah Remini's Show on AE Scientology in the Aftermath. Yeah. And that show is so well done and so interesting. Now, it does not give a comprehensive view of sort of like the history of Scientology and where we are now. If you want something like that, I do recommend the documentary that also came out last year called Going Clear. Going Clear is based on a book by Lawrence Schiller. Is that his last name? Uh Yes. Um, I did not love that book. So let me back up. I absolutely loved the long form article that he wrote about Paul Haggis. Yes, I've read that. That is absolutely one of the best long form pieces I've ever read. That's what got him the book deal. I did not love the book. I thought it was maybe a little rushed. I'm sure it was. Um, I just didn't love the book. That's a whole different topic. But then the documentary came out of it as well, and uh, which I thought was very good if you need to understand um, a lot of background. I live, you know, a stone's throw from the Scientology Centers, both the Celebrity Center and their main campus. It's, it's all in Hollywood. Scientology owns a, a lot of buildings, a lot of property in Hollywood. And so I just by proximity and being in Los Angeles I know a lot of stuff, background stuff about Scientology. What I liked about Leah Remini's show is it doesn't, it's just kind of assuming that you have a working knowledge of Scientology and it's talking to actual people who have escaped or been kicked out or left or whatever and telling their stories and what. It's shot well, it's done well, which is easy to watch, you know. But what I was like the most struck by, and I've watched cult documentaries, um, religious documentaries, anything like that. And you're also like, Oh, yeah, these are people are kind of wackadoos, and they got and they got caught up in this crazy cult. And like, yes, it's interesting, but like, also, you can maybe see how this particular person was maybe susceptible to this scenario. When you watch the Scientology thing with Leah Remini, you're like, what? These people seem so smart, so normal, very uh, family-oriented, um, which that's a big part of of if they've had to disconnect from family or if they were forced to disconnect from family. That's a whole part of it. They are um, in what one might consider like a high tax bracket. You know, they seem, very, they seem like high earners. Um they do not seem like the type of people that you would think would get wrapped up in such extreme religious conditions. And then you're watching them and you're like no this is this is gnarly. Like what they're describing yeah. is does not seem like the person who's describing it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Oh yeah. It's yeah. so different from your average like fringy thing because this feels like people that you know these feel like absolute people that you know who, and the things that they are saying you're like i cannot believe that you lived like that 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 was your belief system right and yeah. um i just thought it was great i just thought it was an absolute great tv show um and and i just read literally this week the news has come out that she's getting a season two um okay. and she, you know this she has lee rumini herself and her family have left Scientology. However, doing this still puts them at pretty great risk. Um, There's a lot of influence still. I think it's diminishing because of all these things that have come out. But it it is a risk for her to be making this show. And she said that she just doesn't feel done with it. So no matter how you feel about it, it's, it's really well done. So good. So good.
0: Okay. Well, that was just a little bit of extra conversation from Laura and I for you all who are super awesome, Sorta Awesome Patreon supporters. So thanks again, as always, for your support of Sorta Awesome.